Hi, hello, and welcome to LX2 Codependency Coaching. I am Stella. We are recording live on Instagram at Luna underscore X2 underscore LLC. Um, and it's been a whole week, so let's get it going. Um, I have a friend who's a DJ and he like does radio shows and he's like, let's, let's get it going. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I have, I would like to welcome you all to the 51st floor. I turned 51 on Wednesday and it was a wonderful day. Um, of eating and spending time with my friend. Um, we went to um, main event, which is kind of like a Dave and Buster's like gaming situation. On Wednesday afternoon, there's no one there and it is magical. We played skee ball and air hockey and some video connect four game and it was just a really good time. Uh, and so I'm super grateful for my friend for taking me out and giving me the opportunity to just have a really good birthday. Uh, very different from last year's birthday, where I went to the Leaning Tower of Pisa with my friends and my daughter. And again, uh, trying to plan, I think every two years is when I do a trip. And so uh, two years before that, I think when I turned 48, I had gone to uh, Sedona by myself and it was really beautiful. I went for some hikes and had some good food. Um, I stayed in a really nice resort and I think I got a massage. It was a really good time. Uh, so I think Australia maybe next year, but, um, yeah, so just a really good time. Uh, clients are picking up that's doing really amazing things and just having really great interactions with people, uh, turned in the final edits to the book. And so we're that much closer. Um, I, I'm a nerd, we know this, um, uh, but I'm also like a library nerd. So I spent a lot of time in libraries when I was a kid, um, in middle school, we would watch the library, uh, to wait to get picked up by my mom, um, went to uh, the bookmobile or the mobile library when I was a little kid. And so I've always just spent time with books and I read avidly, we know this. Um, I have an ISBN number and that just makes me so happy. <laughs> I also have an EISBN number because you will be able to get my, um, my book electronically. Um, so that happened and that was a beautiful gift um, just to know that you know, things are moving forward and we're thinking like April, May, I will definitely let you guys know. Um, but thinking about the 51st floor and having 51 summers and 51 falls and, you know, 51, all the things, um, has made me very grateful. And so a lot of people were asking like, how does it feel? Like, how, how are you feeling about your birthday? Um, I'm very grateful. I'm uh, very grateful to every birthday after 43 has been a tremendous gift. And part of that was because my dad died when he was 43. And so when I turned a year older than he ever was, like that fucked with my head a little bit. Um, but it, it switched it up in that I feel really grateful to have gotten to this very big age and have had 51 summers and falls and winters and seasons. Um, so I, I very much embrace um, aging in the way that it is a gift to be able to have another year to figure things out and work on stuff and grow to love this human that I am better. And so, you know, I talk about loving better often because it is one of the biggest kind of antidotes to codependency is when I love myself, when I go into relationships, I don't have to do extra things or be more uh, so that people love me because I already love myself. And it has taken me 51 years to get to that place. Um, and so if I can give that gift to people in, you know, in the podcast, in my content, in the book, 
um, in my work, then I feel like I have successfully done the things that I have intended to do and really tried to do. So um, it has been really helpful to me to be able to um, process and talk about these things on a regular basis because, like I said, loving yourself is the antidote to being codependent and having to do all these extra things for love. Um, and so one of the, the conversations that have kind of come up in the last week um, is I talk about, you know, loving your childhood self, your teenage self, your previous previous versions of you helps to love all of your parts at the same time. Uh, and so I was having a conversation <clears throat> with a client and they were talking about kind of where their anger or their uh, reactivity came from. And um, really looking at that version of them and recognizing that like, yeah, this is where it started. This is where I, you know, got really bitter, got really frustrated, got really overwhelmed or whatever it is. Um, and so what did they need right at that time? So it led into this other conversation of um, <laughs> parenting as a verb and then the mom and the dad uh, version of what that is and, you know, the noun. Uh, person, place, or thing. Um, and so I, when I talked about the myth of family, we talked about titled relationships and the expectation of what we are supposed to get in those titled relationships. Um, when I help clients to detach the title from the human, I talk about the action of momming or dadding. Did you get mom things? Do you get mom things from that individual? Um, and so really looking at, are you momming or are you parenting? And in my brain, the way that I kind of decipher or define those things, um, is that moms and dads have, uh, you know, prescribed behavior. Sometimes we get them and sometimes we don't. And then parenting is more logistics, right? Uh, parenting is food, shelter, clothing. Parenting is shuttling kids from, you know, appointments or whatever. Um, parenting is uh, discipline. Parenting is those kinds of actions, right? Um, and a lot of times, you know, all things being equal, we get a level of parenting. And that is helpful because it's necessary, at least for human children, to have that level of interaction. Um, and then there's this extra level this emotional level or this, um, the word cariño or, or caring or loving, uh, is coming in my brain. Um, but cariño is, is, is the soft parts, the connective parts is the, uh, way in which we see our children, all of their parts at the same time. And some of us got that in fits and starts and some of us got it consistently and some of us get too much of it. Uh, and we don't get enough of the, the parenting logistical part. Um, and so I was talking to my clients and we were talking about, you know, different versions of them and really looking at what that part of them needed. And sometimes it was more of the soft parts. It was more of the momming or the dadding that they didn't necessarily get. And in healing ourselves and seeing all of our parts at the same time, sometimes we need to give those things to ourselves. Um, and so really looking at how do we do that with compassion, with grace, with patience, with this version 
of ourselves looking at other versions of ourselves. From a detached perspective, um, in healing our wounding from childhood or adolescence or relationships or whatever, um, really taking that opportunity to see what that version of us needed. And so we've talked about different versions of me, um, 17 year old me, you know, all the things, but recognizing how that is coming up now and what it is that we need to do to be able to nurture, that's the soft part, those parts of ourselves in a way that is helpful, healing and restorative. Um, and so, you know, really recognizing that, yeah, we show up, especially when we are parents, in that logistical way of just like getting the, the basics taken care of. And then what are the extra things, right? Um, my mom did a really great job of having one-on-one -on -one time with her multitudes of children, the six of us, um, in really getting to know who each of us were and what we liked and what we didn't like. She did a really good job of that. She took me to the library. She took me to museums. I am a huge fan of art. Um, and so part of that was really seeing me in those ways and nurturing those interests. Um, she did a good job of that. And she did a good job with all of my siblings um, because she does, for the most part, really know who we all are and what we like. And, you know, with consistency has fostered that. She does a really great job of that with her grandchildren as well. Um, my daughter's the favorite, but because she's the oldest, um, and the best, if I'm being honest. Um, but when we start to look at our stuff and especially when it comes up in a maladaptive way, we have to start to look at what, how do we give those soft parts to ourselves? How do we continue to nurture those parts of ourselves that got stuck or got angry or got hurt or built walls? How do we do that? with ourselves and then in relationship recognizing when our needs come up and so it's really helpful to and i do this often like i've shared with you guys like getting a picture of that version of you and starting to recognize what it is they needed um i am not a i do journaling now but i didn't do it consistently um <laughs> my daughter and i would make fun of me because i have so many journals that i've started and i've written maybe like 10 or 20 pages and then just stopped. Um, I've probably been journaling more consistently now in the last two years than ever in my whole life. Um, but when I have done it, what I notice is that I'm, I usually journal when I'm going through stuff. Um, it's not like, dear diary, everything is fantastic. <laughs> it's usually like, oh my God, life sucks and this is awful and all the things. Um, it's less like that now, but I do recommend journaling often. Part of why I do that is to get it out of our body and certainly get it out of our head. Um, I've done a lot of different journaling prompts and exercises for my clients in moments based on what they're going through. And so back to this idea of past versions of us, if you have journaled or if you have, you know, writing from before or even just looking at like different pictures of yourself, really recognizing what it is that version of you needed Part of how we start to heal that and start to look at all of our parts at the same time is to process it with another human and or just start to look at like who they were at that time and what they were going through and what did they need. Um, and sometimes it was sometimes they just needed to be seen. Sometimes they needed to be told that it was going to be OK. Sometimes they just needed to be told that it was going to be temporary and 
looking around at who their supportive people were. I have shared with you guys before that I have had a lot of the friends that I have for the majority of my life um, and certainly, you know, my adult life. Um, but it is helpful to have people in your life for those significant seasons so that they can help to prompt to remind you what it is that you were going through or what it is that you needed and being able to give it to yourself now, especially when I'm doing the work of helping people in the moment process what they're going through, it is helpful to recognize, are they taking care of themselves? And what does that look like? And sometimes you don't have the capacity. And so I mean, this is not to create shame that you're not taking care of yourself. It's to create awareness of how we do that. And it is doing those soft nurturing parts that momming and dadding that maybe we didn't get for whatever reason. And this is not to vilify, you know, uh, the people that raised us. <laughs> Some of us were feral, um, but it is to help create awareness in terms of how we are taking care of ourselves today so that we can continue to grow and nurture those relationships with who we are, water. And so part of it is really looking at what we were going through in those moments, what was happening um, at the time that we stopped taking care of ourselves, that we stopped seeing ourselves as soft, squishy creatures that needed stuff. Um, you know, a lot of us have gone through uh, pretty tragic, pretty devastating things. And, you know, like I shared last time, there was a part of me that loved myself enough to continue to work hard to get to this place. There was a part of me that was like, Sure, shame worked to a degree of like, you're so stupid and nobody likes you and blah, blah, blah. But what helped more was loving myself and thinking of myself as capable and able to get to the next place. And now with compassion and grace, it's about loving this version of me and all the past versions of me. Really being grateful for those versions of me that went through really hard things and kept us safe, kept us alive kept us going to the next day, you know, getting through those temporary really hard parts. Um, and again, with gratitude, recognizing that every time I got through a really hard level, um, I, I, there is a survival instinct in all of us. And so like I, I've shared with you, I work with teenagers and I work with adults. Um, and so I remember one client in particular who would talk about you know, kind of the, the really tragic, traumatic things she had been through as a child. Um, and I sat with her and I reminded her that that little girl survived. And it was such a pivotal moment for her because she thought that that little girl had died, that that little girl was gone, that that poor little girl, you know, was tra traumatized and didn't make it. And so being able to share with her that that little girl did in fact survive and became this really brilliant, great woman who was able to have really healthy relationships, that was a great mom, that um, did this job that was super important. And it was pivotal for her to see that. Um, that's why I used that particular tool of looking at past versions of ourselves and having a lot of compassion for them and recognizing they don't need to be scolded. They don't need to be parented as we are adults. Um, we don't need to do those logistical things. Most of us have figured out how to do that to a relatively effective place. What we need is the soft parts. 
what we need is that momming or dadding or nurturing or compassion or grace or love. And when we can start to recognize how, what our needs are, right? When we can start to be like, I just need to be heard. I just need to be seen. Sometimes I just need to stay in bed and rest and take care of my brain. Sometimes I just need a hug. Whatever it is to give ourselves those soft things. Um, I'm really grateful to have, I'm so grateful, um, to have really great friends who give me that momming sometimes that I need. They don't need to give me parenting, obviously, um, but they do give me compassion and grace and momming. Um, my roommate put streamers outside of my door for my birthday. And she's also the one that, you know, we went and played ski ball and had this really good time. Um, she does a really good job of nurturing and momming me. And I'm super grateful because there was a time when I probably wouldn't have accepted that. Um, but, you know, I even say sometimes, to her, thanks mom. Um, because she's really good at momming. Like she does that so well. And, you know, again, I have really great friends who will say, hey, let's go for coffee. And um, we don't have to explain it. Like, it's just like, hey, we have this time. Let's take it. Um, you know, recognizing that, like, those are the people in your life that are giving you those things that you maybe didn't get or didn't get enough of or don't have anymore, um, you know, from that momming or dadding place. And that feels really good. And like I said, it's restorative. It does help us to feel valuable and worthy when someone shows up in that way that is really caring and compassionate. And so sometimes we have to give that to ourselves. In fact, most of the time, it's really helpful when we can switch from that really critical parenting, logistical place um, to a more nurturing, kind, compassionate place. You know, to be like, okay, I, <laughs> I get it, buddy, you're struggling today. Um, you know, what is it that you need? How can I support myself? through those things and not from that place of like shame or guilt or um, criticism, but from that place of nurturing and kindness, from that place of momming or dadding or whatever it is. And some of us had really great models and we only had them for a short amount of time. <laughs> or some of us had a mixed kind of bag that was, you know, sometimes a little bit more um, authoritarian, like authoritative parent and sometimes it was really beautiful moments. And so it's both. Sometimes we have to be able to be, to be conscientious about what it is we got and look at the whole picture and not just the negative or not just the good. We need to have all of it to embrace the context and the richness and the texture of the narrative and switch that narrative sometimes to be able to go, okay, I did get these really good things and I got these kind of shitty things, and I got here. And recognizing that when I look in the mirror at this human that I see who continues to grow, evolve, change, and adapt to different circumstances, loving all of my parts at the same time, that 17-year-old, that 7-year-old, that 25-year-old, wow, she was really struggling, um, and really recognizing that this is where we got. And so I think it's really helpful to start to look at the narrative and look at the whole part, all of the things, right? All of the different things, recognizing that our parents are human beings. They do the best they can with what they have. They don't always do the best. And there are moments when they did. Um, 
again, I, I really enjoy learning the, the narrative and the story for my clients because then it becomes part of how I am able to talk with them. And so the ones that I've had for years and not years consistently, right? We talked about the fact that like short-term therapy in the moment, we kind of fix what needs to be adjusted, tweaked or, or addressed. And then they go out and they, you know, they have lives, they have experiences, then they come back and sometimes we need to do that. But knowing that narrative for years and meeting them when I do, then I can remind them of those things and then give them those prompts to then remind themselves to take care of themselves in those moments and really helping them to love all of their parts at the same time. So that when they go into relationship, when they start to have interactions with humans, they're doing that better by managing their boundaries, by communicating their needs, by um, recognizing that they have worth and value. And so if it doesn't serve this version of them, they can, you know, choose not to engage in those relationships. They can choose to engage in them better or differently. And that's one of those really awesome ways that I am able to help a client to recognize what it is they need. Um, I did some great work <laughs> this week, even though it was a short week, um, to be able to like terminate and, you know, clients do better at self-regulating and recognizing, oh, I'm feeling, I'm actually feeling much better. And so we do some benchmarks. And so you're taking care of yourself. You're sleeping better. Um, you know, you're engaged in activity that you're enjoying. Um, you feel like you can self-soothe and regulate in a healthy way. And then I can be like, cool then we can put a pause in treatment. Then we can take a break for right now. Um, and if you need something again, you know, come back and let me know, I'll put you in the schedule. Um, but it, it feels really good to be able to get to that place with clients and, you know, we'll touch base and then they go off and they do what they need to do. Or we terminate completely and it's like, hey, you got what you needed today and you got what you needed in this interaction and then you can go. That level of detachment in recognizing we get moments, right? I talk about seasons all the time. We get these opportunities to kind of interact with each other, get what we need and move forward. And then it doesn't feel so devastating when something ends. Things are gonna end, things are gonna change. And we get the opportunity to be grateful in the moment, in the present of appreciating the experience and not holding on so tight so that when it ends or when it changes, we don't feel so devastated or overwhelmed. I learned that lesson pretty young, and it took me a long time to get to the place of being grateful for it, but I am. And one of the things, like I said, getting to the 51st floor, <laughs> you know, it, it's given me this opportunity to be really grateful for all of those years that my dad didn't get. Um, just a quick story, and then we're going to be done. Um, my dad was really good at seeing people and um, for good and bad, um, he had a church full of humans for his funeral. And every one of them said, oh my God, Pancho, that's what they called him, his name was Frank, but Pancho was funny, Pancho was loyal and reliable and he worked really hard um, and he lived like every day. And I'm grateful to know that about him because that's what I try to do. I try to live every day. I try to make sure that, like I said, people know that I love them. Um, and I try not to get like mired down in the bullshit. I know that all of it is temporary. And 
I know that all of it is an opportunity to do it better. So if I can give that gift to clients, I do. Anyway, so many feelings. <laughs> um, I want you to remember that sometimes you got to look at those old versions of yourself and give them what it is they need. And sometimes it's just, you know, let's go out for a, a carby snack. <laughs> My mom, her best parenting advice was the way to connect with your kids is by taking them and getting them french fries and going for a drive. And that was really helpful because she had six of us. Um, but we all felt seen in those moments. And I'm grateful. Anyway, we're going to have a short nugget today. That is your nugget. Um, Utah, thank you for showing up. You had not been on my uh, on my count uh, of my statistics when I checked the podcast, and you showed up, and I'm so grateful. California, Texas, uh, Pennsylvania, always, always there. Um, Idaho, Illinois, um, Maine showed up, I think, recently. North Carolina, thank you to everyone who listens. Um, my daughter's currently out of the country, and so when new countries pop up, it's because she's traveling. But also thank you to Australia and Canada. Uh, thank you to Ireland and the UK. Really appreciate everyone who is listening to the podcast. I will keep you posted on uh, when the book is available. And thank you to everyone who comes on and watches and, you know, gets to see me cry. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to end the video and then I'm going to end the podcast. Make sure to give yourself what it is you need. All of the versions of you. Loving your parts all at the same time. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. All right, we've ended the video and we're going to end the podcast. For those of you who want me to talk about things, who have questions, um, it's lx2.cod.coach at gmail.com. You can check out my website, luna-x2-llc.com. Um, and again, thank you for listening and, and choosing to choose yourself. I will talk to you soon.